I'm Carmen. And I'm Joanna. Whoa, you I cut know. me off. Let's start over. Mm. I'm Carmen. And I'm Joanna. <laughs> and welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder. Yes. Birthday edition. Birthday edition. Joanna, guess what? Uh, chicken butt. What? No. When this <laughs> when this episode comes out, your 40th birthday will have just passed, mm-hmm. but we, the day this comes out, we will be on vacation celebrating your 40th birthday. Yes. Yay! Sipping margaritas. At the swim up bar. It better be swim up. I'll make it swim up. Yeah, make it swim up. <laughs> um, we live in Florida, if you didn't know, and Joanna just turned 40, and I have so many messages to read you. Yay! And I have presents for you. Mm, this is going to be the best day ever. I mean, yesterday was a fun day, but yeah. like today's going to be even better. Yeah, yesterday was your actual birthday on February 22nd, but when this comes, yes, but when this comes out on March 4th, mm-hmm. we'll be drunk. Oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> well, welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. I have quite a story for you my friends excited but i'm not ready for that because what do you have for florida man so i'm not going to read the the article because it's very lengthy but i will send this to you so you can link it okay in um in the the bio or uh, whatever the show notes thank you (laughs) uh chancy sent me this thanks chancy hey girl and i'm just gonna read the heading the title the heading the title headline headline thank you yeah (laughs) man accused of dumping water on brother's head to cool him down during an argument over key lime pie. <gasps> that is the most Florida, Florida man. Faces prison time. Wow. I was r- kind of skimming through the article. First of all, he was he dumped two glasses of water on his older brother over uh-huh. the pie that he had been saving. So he was mad. <sighs> and it says that it's because it, he had intended on hurting him with the water. So he's going uh-huh. to spend, it says... Guess how much he could, how much he could face up to mm, rewind. Guess how many years he can get. Years. Years for dumping water. A quarter of a year. Thirty. Oh my! God. <laughs> Sorry. It oh is a first God. degree felony. What? Right? How? Additional. Additionally, an individual convicted of aggravated battery on a person over sixty-five is subject to a minimum term of imprisonment oh, for shit. 30, three years. Over 65. So he is, I think, over 65. So he'll only get... Oh, he's 64. Mm, damn, mm. he just missed the cut. He off. just missed it. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, and this was in Lee County. A domestic... <laughs> they're calling it a physical domestic abuse. A dispute. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, that was good. So the reason Joanna didn't read the full story is because we have some birthday shenanigans. I'm so for it. So do you want to hear messages that we were sent first, or do you want to do presents first? Messages. Okay, so I have a couple for you. Let's start with, and they're from other podcasters, okay? Mm-hmm. Nocturnal Distractions decided to send you memes. Ooh, yay. So here's oh. the one. She sent like a 1,000, so I'll read you a few. Okay. Happy 40th birthday. Enjoy your first colonoscopy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not going to go to the doctor ever. I know. Happy 40th birthday. You get to have your breast slammed in a car door, a.k.a. a mammogram, every year. Yay! Yay! (laughs) This one has Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no. Oh, no, Toto. We're not in the land of 30-somethings anymore. (laughs) All right. So she sent a ton. You're hilarious. All right, next one. Thank you. 
So I'm going to read you three more. So this one is from Malice and Mocktails. Ooh. Okay. So here's her message. Her name's Katie. Happy birthday, Joanna. I'll be 40 in June and was honestly dreading it, but something shifted late last year for me and I'm totally going to embrace it. If you're like me with initial dread, that's okay too. I encourage you to get excited and reflect on what you've accomplished up to now and embrace what will come. Love you. And then she said, also, I love you both and the podcast. And then she goes on to talk about which episode she's on and all that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, oh, 40, I'm so not looking forward to it. But mm-hmm. now it's like, whatever. And I whatever. told you, I said, anything that happens wrong or I do something that's like out of character, I'd be like, oh, it's because I'm 40. Yeah, just, just let it go. <laughs> Honestly, that's all I'm going to do. And I'm 38, so it's just come 38. No, you can't use it. That's 38, oh. you're still responsible. All right, if fair. you mess up, then you're, you messed up. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, next one. This is from Coffee and Crime Podcast, and they said, Happy birthday, Joanna. I hope that you have a super wonderful day filled with lots of love. Your commentary on some cases has made me laugh so much, (laughs) and I wish I had a friend who would listen to me talk about true crime the way Joanna listens to Carmen. Have a wicked day, chick. Oh, that was a sweet one. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Wicked. I love that word. I love it, too. One more. Okay. Oh, remember we did our um, crossover with Dying to be Found? Well, you did. Well, I did. But we did a Zoom together with Deb. So Deb messaged you and she said, happy birthday, Joanna. What a milestone. The best is yet to come. Just a word of advice. Dot, dot, dot. No matter how old you are, never, and I mean never, pray for patience. (laughs) You'll be likely, you'll likely be thrown a windstorm that you didn't expect. And that's when you really discover you had the patience all Uh along. Much love and have a happy birthday from Deb. Yay. Thank you. That was very sweet. That was so sweet. So, and then all the messages on Instagram have just been, like on the posts were so nice. Yes. So we love you. You ready I feel for loved? You ready for presents? Ugh, yes. Okay, they're numbered from one through five. Do I go get it? Yep. Get it and bring it over here. You have to read it. You have a to read. To I'm gonna one, drink my wine. One at a time. One at a time, please. I'm drinking my wine with my loud swallowing. Apparently, you do swallow. Joanna's like, you don't hear yourself swallowing so loud. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so, I feel like we should disclaimer. Like, if you don't like the noise and the rumbling. Like, if, if you don't like the wrestling of the gift, you'll be okay. I'll try to put it off to the side. She's oh. 40, so she can't control it. And I don't it. care. Uh, number one, because yo. 40. Oh, that says 40, <laughs> not yo. Yo, yo year. Uh. You're crazy. Do you want me to read it? No. Okay. 40 years old. 40 year old. 40 year olds like to relax. And it's in a Christmas bag. Oh, you're not keeping the bags, by the way. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. I don't want them. <laughs> it is in a Christmas bag. But you have to open it all the way. Soy, soy and sass. Well, it's a candle. No. I can read. Mm-hmm. I'm 40, but I can still read. Do your eyes still work? Yes, barely. Light up your sassy side. I- Soyandsass.com. I've gotten one of their candles before, and I like it. Oh, I'm just giving up. Joanna's pissed. <laughs> it's because you're 40. It's because I'm 40. You get pissed easy. <laughs> oh, 1983 limited edition vintage. Vintage. Isn't that cute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The candle says limited edition 1983. Ooh, that smells good. Let me smell. Age to perfection. Mm. Yes, perfect. Yay! Is it, it's like a lemon. Oh, it's champagne on ice. And you're going to enjoy that for 40 to 50, 50 hours. 50 hours. Maybe I'll yeah. bring it on our trip. Just Do it. Do it. Yeah. No, leave it in your house. That's for you. Oh, no. Okay, number two. Because when you're 40, you're fabulous. Yes. Ooh, Ooh a little bag. Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh, that's amazing. Isn't that cute? <laughs> it's a, two horses. One is like just plain and boring, and it says other 40-year-olds. And then there's a unicorn dancing on a pole. And it's just me. <laughs> 
So the funny thing is, I got this exact one for Molly when she turned 40. So I had to pass it on. Let me get you number three. Okay. Number three might confuse you for a second, but then it'll make sense. When you're 40, it looks like yo. When yo 40. Oh. When you're yo, you need comfort. Is it a... Elephant. Isn't it cute? It is cute. It's got a big old head. Oh, I like your reaction. It's cute. My daughter thinks is gonna probably think it's for her. It, yeah, sure. Okay, present or note number four. I'm gonna read it to you, you spoiled 40 year old. <sighs> number four with an asterisk has not arrived. Oh, because 40 year olds make their own plans and reschedule our plans, and your shipment was arriving tomorrow. Ew. We were supposed to record on Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Well, I had some, I forgot I had signed up for something. I'm sweating. Take off your thing. <sighs> but then you're going <clears> to <throat> see my bra. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that made it so much better. No, you, something came up. Sorry. I know. It's fine. It was a commitment so. I had already made prior. And it's like the best gift, oh, of course. too, of course. that I was the most excited. So five is pretty exciting Bring as well. Bring it to Okay, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Don't worry. Oh, that sounded really dirty. All right, go get your last gift, Joanna. Number five with your note. Hello. Okay, because you're special and I think you'll appreciate this. I do, <laughs> I so do. Funny. Carmen made a wild WWF adoption in your name. This gift helps WWF protect species around the world and the wild places they where they live. We hope you feel wonderful knowing that you inspired someone to make a difference for our planet. Carmen's last name redacted sends you this personal <laughs> message. Joanna, for your 40th birthday, I hope you enjoy your new friend. I hope it's an elephant. Um, you'll always be one of my, or my favorite people. And for that, I want to adopt your favorite animal. Is... <laughs> Do I have a picture of it? Just keep going. <laughs> no, open oh. the card later. Not when you're with me. African elephant. Do I get to name Oh, I get to name it? Yeah. Do I adopted an elephant for you? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cute? That is so cool. What I'm are you going to name your elephant? Well... Is it a male or a female? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll name it a gender neutral name. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm sweaty and gross. Oh, you. Love you're not, you. You're not, you might be sweaty, but you're not gross. How do you feel? <sighs> I feel good. I, I just, opening presents, I mean, in front of a lot of people makes you nervous, but like when it's yeah. just like one person, I don't know. It's fun, right? It's yes. more fun that way. Well, now that we got all of the birthday shenanigans out of the way, in the spirit of <laughs> it's your birthday, so you get to pick because now you're 40. I have a you pick episode today. Do you know what that is? I have a choice between two different stories. Yeah. Today's going to be something I'm calling you pick. I'm going to give you just a snippet, like five words about something that happens in the story. Okay. I have two choices for you. Yes. And you can choose which story you'd like to hear. Okay. One is a movie and one is true crime. Oh, I'm like, you just told me. Yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> Duh. Okay, so Live, Laugh, Murder, we tell stories that may or may not be true, where you have to determine if what I'm telling is a movie plot or the facts of a true crime case. I will reveal at the end. So one of the stories I have ready for you is a movie and one is a true crime case. But I will say this. They both sound fucking too crazy to be true. Like, okay. they are both ridiculous. So I'm just warning you now. 
Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Good luck. I feel like, so if I guess this one, are you going to tell me the other one next week? And then I'm like, Absolutely no. not. Okay. Well, Why would I do that? Well, okay. Worked, you're going to have to tell the other one eventually because you've worked on both. Okay. I'm going to tell you a secret. I have five scripts. Oh, you're such a pain in my ass. Uh-huh. I have five. And I was originally going to have you guess or choose from five, but I just couldn't it's get it together. I, the other three are like a ha- half written or three quarters written. So next time, you just won't know what it's okay. going to be shuffled back in. Thank you. I'm not giving you the title. So I'm going to tell you a, something that happens in each and you pick which one you want to hear about. All right. So we have number one, Dancing with a Dead Body or number two. Instant decapitation. Oh, <laughs> decapitation. Did I say that word right? Instant decapitation. Yeah. All right, that's it. All right, let me open my Google Doc. I mean, the Dancing with the Dead Body, I didn't, maybe you're converting me, didn't phase me because of the, <laughs> um, what was the one with the bride and he married the doctor the oh doctor. my god yes oh my god bride, carl tansler yeah. yeah the corpse bride carl corpse tansler bride. yep he lived with a dead body for seven years yeah, that's, in why house. Do, that's why that one doesn't even phase me <laughs> you're like yeah no big deal instant decapitation Perfect. all right been there done that that's not the name of the episode by the way no. it's just something that happens in it at some point if you will instant gosh could you i've uh, there's there's always <laughs> urban legends you know i love urban legends because it's like did it really happen? Did it not? Have you ever heard like like the guy driving in the convertible and like his head? I don't know, like he went under something or did something and his head just instantly just chopped right off. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like uh, Final Destination. Yeah. Oh. And you wouldn't feel it. You would, or maybe your brain would. Maybe you might. Like, how long does it take for your brain to process? Well, you hear those stories about people who were beheaded in the mid-century or in the medieval times, and their eyes would still blink. But I don't do think they- you know it. I don't know. How long are you? It's like a chicken. You cut its head off and it runs around for like 30 seconds still. Is it like that with humans? Mm. Well, let's find out. Brett! <laughs> oh my God. He's going to be like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So listeners, don't fret. I will reveal if this episode is true crime or the plot of a horror movie at some point in the show. You ready, Joanna? I'm ready. All right. Before I begin, today's episode is dedicated to our Patreon supporter named Annika. <laughs> Joanna's crossing her fingers. I'm not dedicating an episode to you. Stop it. Annika is part of our Live, Laugh, Manslaughter tier. We are very thankful that you've decided to support us, and any donation made goes right back into improving our show and improves it as we go along. Annika, so we Thank hope you, you like it. All right, Joanna, get yeah, in the zone. I'm in it. When you were in high school, did you go to parties? Well, like two. (laughs) I was kind of a loser. I didn't think I went to any either. I think in senior year, I think I went to like a half a party. It was senior year. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like a New Year's Eve party at my friend's house. And then the other one was like after a track meet. Yeah. All my friends did not go to my school. They went to other schools. And we would hang out on the weekends, have sleepovers and all that. But at my school, I wasn't really invited to a lot of the anything yeah. going on, and that's okay. Well, because parties fine. were equal drinking, and I was in very active in sports, and I was like striving to get scholarships, and yes. I did not want that to like be a roadblock. That's 
Okay. Well, you're gonna. This is gonna resonate with you. Then what I'm gonna say. Okay. Imagine for once you're the cool kid and you get I invited. Can't imagine it. <laughs> I just never was. And boom, story's over. <laughs> Even more exciting is that your parents let you take their car, but only to the party, but only oh. if you bring along your little sister. Ugh, she came along anyway. Yeah. Okay. So this little sister is named Charlie. She's in middle school, so 13 years old, Ew. and she's awkward AF. As most 13 year olds are, to be for real. Such a buzzkill. But not anymore. Have you seen those videos? It's like, uh, we know, we went through on. the most awkward. The 13 year olds oh, today. They were yelling at me. No. Like, they're like drop dead gorgeous at 13. I had like missing teeth, braces, a perm, and a short haircut up to my chin. I think I still had one of my baby teeth at 13. <laughs> <laughs> was it the first one? It was like the fang, like overlapping the other fang. I don't know. Gosh, yeah, they don't have that awkward stage, and it's so not fair. It's the clothing. Yeah, they've skipped it, and yeah. it's the YouTube tutorials and how to do your makeup, yep. like full on. Well, this Charlie is not like that. Charlie's more like when we were thirteen, Good. if you will. Thank you. All right, so back to our uh, point of view. Since you told your mom this was just a school hangout mm-hmm. and not a party, she lets you go. She's not dumb though, and calls you out on your bullshit, saying, "If you take your sister, then there, I know for sure there's going to be no drinking." Yes, go. So you're like frustrated, fine, whatever. You take your sister along. While at the party, you see your crush and show her the weed that you brought. Uh Mm -hmm. She takes you to a bedroom to get high with some friends while you beg Charlie, please, please just stay out in the living room. You don't want her to follow you, right? It'll be just a few minutes you plead to her, showing her that the teenage girls at the party made a chocolate cake and you encourage Charlie to go get some. Like, Mm -hmm. go, have some cake. I'll be five minutes. While you're getting high with a few friends, Charlie suddenly just walks in the room you're in, wheezing. Oh. You instantly know by the sound, fuck, there were walnuts in the cake. Oh, no. So you grab your kid's sister, hoisting her up like she's still five years old, and you run to the car holding her. Her breathing gets worse in the back seat while you soothe her and say, we're almost at the hospital. Just breathe slowly. It's going to be okay. Your family has been through this before with Charlie, and you know heading straight to the ER to the ER is what your parents have established as the plan. Mm-hmm. She's allergic to walnuts, obviously. Okay. And she's in anaphylactic shock. You're driving the max speed at this point that your mom's car can handle. Okay. And being that it's dark, party time, and you're flying down the the road, you swerve so fast around a large dead animal in the road. Uh Uh-oh. So fast that you sideswipe a telephone pole. On the side, Charlie is sitting. The side Charlie has rolled the window down on because she's trying to get fresh air, nearly hanging her head out, and with no seatbelt. Charlie instantly dies from the impact. Oh, she's the, the, the decapitated? <clears throat> That's not what I said. I just said she instantly died from the impact. But, oh, okay. You're worried. You're, don't, don't get hung up on anything I said. It'll come up, up eventually. The cap instant. Oh, okay. This is the story for today of a family who goes through more trauma than can even be imagined. It's a serious, like, when it rains, it pours mm-hmm. type of tale. And it can be either, as I said, plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case with the intro with the intro i gave you today i can say that i wish this was the worst thing to happen in this story mm. but sadly tis not tis, tis not i'll spoil spoil something for you here joanna okay this is not just a story about a tragic accident and family hardship this is a full-fledged 
paranormal story as well. Oh, gosh. I know you hate it. <laughs> uh, I wonder how people reacted to my negativity toward the dolls. Toward the haunted dolls? Yeah. I haven't heard any negative comments up to this point. We shall see. Oh, sorry. Send them all to me. I'll print them out and give them to Joanna for her next birthday. <laughs> Put them on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, but I will couple that with a twist that I'll reveal shortly. Blame it on whatever you'd like. Grief, psychosis, energy transfers, or flat out spirits, ghosts, and possessions. But this is where we're heading, so I wanted to give you a heads up now. It's a story of grief and ghosts. <laughs> Okay. I should have put that as the... the That should be your title. Uh, Grief Grief and Ghosts. ghosts. Maybe. So let's rewind the clock a little here. I want to take you to a short time before the accident. The mother in the story is named Annie. And Annie's elderly... Her elderly mother, so Grandma Ellen, has passed away April 3rd, 2018, at 78 years old. After a prolonged illness, okay, she was staying with her daughter Annie, Annie's husband Steve, and their two children, Peter the teenager, and Charlie, 13-year-old. So they took in grandma at the end of her life, right? Okay, nice. Ellen's obituary tells about how she was a devoted mother and will be missed greatly. This couldn't be further from the truth. Isn't it always? Like, don't lie. Right. Just be like, she was an awful person and nobody liked her. I'm going to tell you who didn't lie here in a second. Annie herself did not have a great relationship with her mom, and she would not agree that her mother was devoted. (laughs) At the funeral, Annie kind of became a little unhinged. As, as all of us would, I feel. Mm-hmm. She did give a eulogy for her mother. And here's a few things that she says. That her mom would be touched and suspicious to see the turnout. Okay. Lies. What? Lies. Lies? No. Annie comes out. She, my Annie? Just listen. Okay. She says her mom was a secretive person with private rituals, friends, and anxieties. And that she was a difficult woman to read. She does add that her mom was the warmest and most loving person in the world, But then she ends that statement by reminding everyone that she was also stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) She was a great woman, but... But she's an asshole. (laughs) It's a very strange and honestly ill-received eulogy. After the funeral, Annie says to her husband that she should feel more sad, but she just doesn't. Mm. Now, I want to tell you a little more about Annie's relationship with her mother and how we got here. And I know I've totally switched from the story earlier. I'm going to get back to it. Okay. Okay. If she feels like this, why was her mom staying at her with her in her home? Who would allow that if you, you know, your mom's just pissing you off constantly? Well, the thing is, Annie and her mom were highly estranged. They didn't speak for years. When Annie became pregnant with Peter, the older child, she would not allow Ellen around the baby at all. Oh. It took until Annie had Charlie many years later for her to allow her mom back into her life. Then it took her mom suffering highly with illness for Annie to allow her to stay at her house at the end, and only for a very short time before being sent to hospice. Annie, even though she claims not to be affected by her mother's passing, does end up going to a grief group in her town. So, you know, she also, like, goes through her mom's old photo albums here and there, and always wants the door to where her mom like lived there at the end closed and locked at all times. So I guess more affected than she wants to admit, you know, kind of deep down somewhere. Her husband and son seem okay with everything, but it's her daughter, Charlie, who seems the most affected by losing their grandmother. Charlie was pretty close to Ellen, and like I said, she was the child who kind of grew up with a grandma, where Peter 
wasn't even allowed to see his grandma for years, yeah. so he didn't have an attachment to her. Charlie likes to sketch a lot as a hobby. It's almost her way of not just passing time, but coping with her anxieties as well as a 13-year-old. After the funeral, she sketches a lot of her grandma, Ellen, and even opens up a little bit to her mom, Annie. Annie uses this time to remind Charlie that she, you know, Charlie, you were grandma's favorite in an effort to kind of guide her through her loss. She loved you so much. You were her favorite and kind of giving her like those comforting words you would say to your kid Mm -hmm. who has lost a grandma. So I mentioned Annie goes through Ellen's things. She ends up finding a book that stands out to her called Notes on Spiritualism. Mm. It's not a Bible. No. Let's just put it that way. As well as other similar items. Another thing Annie comes across after the funeral is a card written to her from her mom. Because her mom knew it, her time was coming to an end. So here's what the card says. Quote, my darling, dear, beautiful Annie, forgive me for, excuse me, forgive me all the things I could not tell you. Please don't hate me and try not to despair your losses. You will see in the end that they were worth it. Our sacrifice will pale next to the rewards. Love, mommy. Hmm, yeah isn't it yeah. like what does that make you think it's just it's very odd yeah as time goes on annie tells steve that she swears she saw the spirit of her mother in the corner of the room mm. almost like a shadow figure out of the corner of your eye yeah i'm gonna tell you what i moved in brett and i moved in together like six months ago i swear i haven't told him this i feel like i see things out of the corner of my eye i think we all do I, but i never felt like that before because mm, i'm 40 but <laughs> What is that? Is that a paranormal thing? It could also be your mind playing tricks on you. Or it could be that there's a ghost in this house. You know, I mean, I have some sage. I had the ghost in my daughter's room. Oh, that's right. All right, yeah, bring the sage next okay. time. All right, so Annie's going through this, not me. It bothers her so much, and it does honestly disturb her, so much so that she ends up Googling about this, and this is the website that she comes across. It's called <laughs> Norms on Discerning Presumed Apparitions what? Methods of communication that's the website annie's not afraid of what she thinks that she saw but like i said she's more affected by her mother's passing than she wants to admit another time annie gets concerned and confronts steve because ellen's door was found wide open she again sees this as a paranormal to her it's a paranormal event because who the fuck would go in that room in this house and why would they leave the door open she feels like she's being irrational but also feels like there's something happening here So her mind instantly goes there. I feel like that, you know, you're one of two people. Your mind instantly goes there or you think someone just went in there and doesn't want to tell me. Yeah. It's like you're one or the other. While Annie's dealing with her own grief, Steve goes about life quite normally. Peter goes on smoking pot with his friends and Charlie continues to act out in interesting ways, such as sleeping in their treehouse, which her parents hate that she does. Mm. She will sneak out to go sleep in the treehouse kind of like isolating herself she's 13 13 yeah so i mean mean, if you have a big backyard you have a tree hunt go ahead well and if you go check on your kid in the middle of the night they're not there Mm -hmm. like that's like sometimes i'll go my daughter's room and she won't she'll be hiding behind her chair (laughs) and i'll be like where are you and she'll be like i'm here mommy we're working on like if i if she's hiding or i can't find her and if i Mm -hmm. call out she has to answer yeah I have to see you at all times. Yeah. I mean, even in our own house, they don't sound silly, but like she needs to have that practice. In a public scenario, if she's playing hide and seek, she could get lost. Yeah. So yes, I agree with you. Were you as a kid, did you hide in the racks of the clothing, the clothing stores? My mom told me I did before. I did that. 
Can you, you remember imagine? that? Yeah. I don't remember that. All right. Uh, Charlie, grandma has recently passed, sleeping in the treehouse. Her parents hate it. And this is about when Peter gets invited to a party with his friends and is forced to bring his little sister along. Oh, a boy. Oh, you Peter, just know? Yep. Okay. Peter's a teenage boy. And then, well, you know what happens to yeah. Charlie. Any sense of Annie coping okay? Her husband going along fine and her son Peter dealing with everything business as usual is officially thrown out the window because this tragedy wrecks the family from top to bottom. How long after the grandmother died did the accident happen? Weeks. A very short time. Weeks. Okay. When Annie learns about her daughter's death, she... It's just... It's what I would do. She screams about how she wants to die. She screams about how it hurts so much. And, I mean, things any mother, I think, says at that time or would say. Sorry. Everything any mother does not deserve. Yeah. She She doesn't even attend the wake because she sleeps the whole time instead. I mean, all things that I think are very understandable. And Steve, her husband, just does a really good job taking care of her and kind of I guess being strong for everyone else, you know, takes care of things, the house, he f- completes the wake, cleans up, all of, all that shit. So what about Peter? Okay, think about what he's going through. He just killed his sister. It, right. Accidentally, but Still. that's probably how he's feeling. Yeah. Peter, who feels to blame for all of this, mm-hmm. he goes through his own personal hell. He's a complete zombie at school. He doesn't really talk to anyone anymore, and he starts having, sadly, panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Peter also does this thing where he has to psych himself up every time he goes home to enter the house. They just don't even talk about it. It's not even spoken about. It's just sad. He has chest pains frequently and always feels like he sees the rearview mirror from Mm -hmm. the car, the reflection of his sister during the accident. Mm -hmm. He feels like he's always kind of has that image in his head. He can't get it out of his mind. When he tries to sleep, he feels like he sees monsters in his room, but it's, you know, a pile of clothes on a chair. Yeah. He's just tormented. Things are not good at home between Peter and his mom, Annie. Mm-mm. They get into one heated argument about the accident. Screaming. Screaming argument. It comes out that while Peter feels responsible for his sister's death, the truth is that he is so resentful of his mother. He's blaming... Right. Even though Annie wishes she can take her son's pain away and shield him from the knowledge of what he's done, she feels like since he won't actually say sorry, he's not taking full responsibility. Mm. So she can't truly forgive her son. In the worst foot-in-mouth scenario, I think, why does Peter resent his mother? He blames her because she's the one that forced him to take Charlie to the party. And he reminds her of this. So I think you can get a good idea of where everyone's mindset is at right now. Now, that brings us kind of to the next part of our story. Annie ends up going back to that grief group I mentioned after her mom died. And she makes a friend named Joan. Joan, yeah. J-O-N-E. Okay. (laughs) J-O, and that's Joan. That is Joan, but that's different Joan. (laughs) Okay. Go. Good Lord. Joan, sadly, to take it down a notch because I'm like laughing, Yes, this is a serious thing, Carmen. Serious business. Joan has recently 
and sadly lost her adult son and seven-year-old grandson in a drowning accident. Mm. And Annie feels like, well, shit, I'm not the only one fucking going through this. It is good for her. It does end up being a good thing for her. And I think that there's a good side to going to grief groups when Mm -hmm. you lose someone close to you. Side note. They end up bonding. (laughs) I know. From experience? Yeah. Annie and Joan end up bonding and they do become friends. And Joan's a lot older than her. Annie's in her 40s and Joan's like in her 60s. But they, you know, it's like that work friend that you have that's like 30 years older than you and you tell them your whole life. <laughs> my work friend is like 25. And I'm oh, my God. You're the old one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anna, you're the old I one. am. All right. Well, now that we've established that you're the old work friend. <laughs> people confide in me now. Where I used the to confide ones. in people. I know. Good Ugh. Lord. All right. So, it's Joan who really brings Annie into the next phase of our story today. The paranormal phase. Okay. Okay, so you, all right. Joan ends up revealing to Annie one day, after they've already been friends, that she has contact with her grandson. Annie, being full of the worst possible heartbreak, is curious and ends up going to Joan's apartment to learn more. Here she learns that Joan is saying she is having regular seances to make contact. See, Joan went to, I don't want to call it a class, like with a spiritual medium, if you will, kind of a group thing. Mm -hmm. People do this all the time. This is a thing. And she claims she went with a group of people that were very skeptical like her, but were all in some phase of grief. But she swears that everyone from that retreat was changed after And she introduces Annie to the process to do her own seance at home. Hmm. Whether or not you believe it personally, this is what happened. And this is what Joan has claimed. You can kind of see that Annie's not, she's not like turned off by the paranormal. She's always been a little curious. She shows Annie that all you have to do is set the stage of your home. Candles, low lighting, etc. Then place something in the room that belonged to your loved one. And Joan says, place a glass upside down on the table with your hand resting lightly on it and use this as a means to communicate. You have to read the chant that Joan has printed on copy paper for Annie. Yeah. And if the glass moves under your hand, you've made contact. Oh. Okay. To me, it's very like Ouija board. Yeah. You know, like, is this moving? Is it me moving it? Or is my friend tricking me? Mm -hmm. So in the middle of the night, Not long after this experience, when her husband and son are fast asleep, Annie goes downstairs to try it out by herself. Yes, you don't want to do it in front of your family. Right, right, right. And to her, she did it. Annie claims that she made contact with her daughter and that her daughter is currently, her presence is in the house. Mm. So she wakes up Steve and Peter in the middle of the night to tell them this. A very concerned Steve and a very frightened teenage Peter come downstairs to see what the fuck is going on. Annie has the windows open, letting freezing air in, a candle on the table, furniture pushed to the side, and she is frantic. What was the item she had on the table? A sketchbook. Okay. Thank you. I wasn't going to mention that, but I'm glad you asked that because Charlie liked to draw. Mm. Even though they do go as far, like... Peter and Steve do go as far as to hold hands with Annie and entertain her for a small time. It's Steve, her husband, that gets really upset because Peter is freaking out and Annie can't see it. Peter is crying like, mom, stop, and asking his mom, please stop. 
She can't see how her actions are scaring her son. Like she's saying, Charlie's here. I just talked to her. She wrote in this journal. Things like that. That's weird. Now, I want to reveal what I didn't say before of why, what has kind of led Steve to be so upset and so concerned. Not, I mean, yes, waking you up in the middle of the night to do a seance is freaky. Yeah. But it's more deep than that. It's not all about his son being freaked out. And it's not just him worried about his wife acting irrational after their daughter's tragic death. It's about why he thinks his wife is acting this way in the middle of the night, claiming to have the spirit of their daughter in the room. And it's also why Annie and her mom, Ellen, were so estranged. I'm going to tell you, it, go, it all goes back to severe mental illness. On whose part? I'm going to tell you. Oh. You ready? Annie's father, <clears throat> who I haven't mentioned, died when she was a baby from starvation because he had psychotic depression. What? And he starved himself. Yikes. Okay. That takes a long time. Yeah, yes. Then Ellen... Annie's mother was diagnosed with a coupling of DID. Do you know what that is? Dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called split personality. Okay. But is now called DID, as well as later dementia. So she has, I know. So she has the two couple, like it's just been a lifetime of Annie growing up with mental illness. Not just that. To add to this, as a teenager, Annie's older brother was diagnosed with schizophrenia. (laughs) had claimed their mother was trying to put people inside of him and hanged himself at 16 years old. Yikes. After all this, Annie says her mother was manipulative and her illness is what caused her to stay away or to keep her away for years. Mm. Now, you can see why, you know, issue after issue after issue, Annie decided to keep her mother away from her children, being unstable. I get it. With all this background in Annie's history is what makes Steve now, the husband, stand there, look around and say to his wife, are you okay? Because mind you, Steve's a doctor. And I hadn't mentioned this before. So he's very, he's aware of everything going on in their life. He's worried and rightfully so. He believes the grief from losing Charlie in the horrific way that they did might be invoking not a spiritual connection, but a psychotic one. And she's having a mental breakdown. In the coming weeks, Annie does not improve. She makes wild claims almost daily. And here's some of the things that she says and does going downhill. One night, Annie says she saw ants all over her pillow. She wakes and follows the trail to Peter's bedroom, saying they were all over his face and in his mouth. She starts screaming in his bedroom to realize she was sleepwalking. There were no ants, supposedly. Okay. Okay. Another thing she does, she tells Peter she never wanted to be a... She tells her son, Peter, she never wanted to be a mother, didn't want to have him, that she tried to make herself miscarry and it never worked. Yeah. Jesus, right. Words start being written on the walls of their house in small handwriting and not English, like Latin, like, I don't know. By who? Annie. Oh. You know. Oh. She brings a journal to Steve with handwritten drawings. I'm sorry, with hand-drawn pictures of Peter on each page of her son with the eyes scratched out, claiming Charlie did this from the beyond. (laughs) Finally, when all this wasn't enough and Steve is just trying to hold on, Mm -hmm. she begs Steve one day to trust her, saying she knows this is all her fault because she brought on the spirit that is now in their home with an incantation. This is my fault because I did this. She's scared and she knows that their son is going to be inhabited by the spirit. 
At this point, Steve realizes she he can't help his wife and that she's sick. And this is the night where Steve catches on fire. <gasps> what? I can't say another word without asking you, is this the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime? What do you mean he caught on fire? I know. What do you think, Joanna? Okay, horror well, movie or true crime? I will say when you first started off telling the story, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is the TV show or it was like a little series called The Sinner. Oh my god! Because it was the brother. I love that show. The sister, mm-hmm. but had the but he didn't tell me it was it was a boy or girl at the beginning, so I didn't mm. know. And you're like, oh, brought him to the party. Oh, the party, yeah. And then she ended up the sister ended up getting killed. But, then when, but when you said oh. decapitation, I was like, there was no decapitation yeah. in that story because she stabbed him. That the sinner season yeah. one is the best season. And that's they're all I great. Watched. That's what I watched. Oh, they're all great. So what's funny is that. When I was doing research for a story, I was like, I texted Natalie. I'm oh my like, god! Casually asked the group if anybody's watched The Sinner because <laughs> you wanted oh my god. to watch it. I love that. Show. <laughs> I haven't watched the latest season yet. No, I was the only one I watched. Okay, it's so good. And then that would have been a good one too. I know. Oh, don't doubt yourself. Well, and then I was like, no, don't do it because I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to tell a story. Anyway, so that's what I thought it was. And then there was something else that made me think, I don't remember, but that, yeah, the sinner was like, I even wrote down sinner. Oh, Joanne, I love <laughs> so you so I didn't much. forget. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I think it is a movie. Okay. All right. It's a movie. Yay! Yay! You're doing so good. You're I'm on tr- a streak. Trying to pick up on things. And I was like, it's very detailed. You're on like a, um, like you're on fire, like a fire <gasps> streak. Oh my gosh. Like Steven. Sorry. Steve. Yeah, Steve's on fire. You're on fire like Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Since we started our show, I have shifted my storytelling a little bit. And I used to try to tell them all like they were real in a way by Mm -hmm. throwing in certain verbiage. And I've changed. Over time, I've shifted to now I try to tell them all as if they're a story. And the, well, also what kind of threw me off was that when you said the date of the grandmother passing away, yeah, yeah. it was well, that's all in there. a specific date, yeah. though. And it's like... April 18th. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 2018. But, like, normally it's just like, oh, she just died. Yeah. And that's all in the movie as well. The dates. And there's a whole obituary. I'm going to tell you everything. More than you want to know. Including instant decapitation. I, yes. How? It hasn't come up yet. That's what grabbed my attention and there's been nothing but pants. <laughs> pants in my pants. I really do try to tell the stories now all of them as if they are stories. I think it's more engaging yes. and interesting. But then, so. like, I'm thinking, like, you get, you gave out a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Don't get hung up on the details. I know. But that's okay, because you're on a streak now. I don't think you've gotten one wrong in... A while. A while. It's interesting. Well, the last one I got wrong was your Russian story. Oh, uh, no. You, oh. you didn't tell me that it was a myth. Or no. A, no. You knew it was fiction, though. Mm-mm. You thought it was real? No, you, you didn't tell me it was an urban legend. But still, it's still and fiction. And I said real, and you okay. said it's not a movie. It's an urban from Ugly Spaghetti or Crazy Spaghetti. <laughs> pasta. Yeah. All right, Joanna and listeners, how'd you do? Did you get it right? Did you get it wrong? Let me know. Don't put a quiz up because I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. After the Haunted Dolls episode. It's like the ball wrong. We had just recorded and I did a quiz on Instagram and Joanna got them all wrong. Really you fun. were there. You're going to make me cough. I think I got one or two right. <laughs> you got the one right about Robert the Doll living in Key West. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, and then, and then my dingus of a brother-in-law 
because I posted dingus of a brother-in-law. I, I posted it on our Instagram, mm-hmm. or my Instagram, and he's like, "Oh, you should hear about Robert the Doll." I'm like, "Oh, listen to the story." Yeah, literally. Dipshit. How, why? Would, and then he even said, "Look up Robert the yes. Doll. It's in Key West." And yeah. you're like, "Excuse me." It's literally. And you still got all the questions wrong. <laughs> just blame. I'm just drunk. It's just. Oh. You said, oh, no, I'm not. I was going to say, I ate all that sushi. All right, we did. We had a lot of, when Joanna came in, I had sushi and music and presents, because hello. And wine. Okay, drink your wine, swallow your loud swallow. This is the 2018 movie called Hereditary. Never heard of it. I, <laughs> duh. I watched it on HBO Max. Oh, that's why. And Yeah, and I have much more to tell you. Oh, Lord. Before I continue where I left off, I need to tell you a few fucked up things that i skipped this movie was so scary was it (laughs) but here's where my jaw hit the floor it doesn't sound scary it is so scary okay give me molly i need your hbo max login okay listeners i'm about to do spoilers for the rest of the movie if you want if you're not into that pause go watch it and then come back and listen if you don't give a shit listen and then watch it whenever you want here we go the car accident that killed charlie you called it Joanna. She had her head hanging out the window trying to breathe in the middle of her allergic like anaphylactic mm-hmm. shock and Peter swerved and from the animal and sideswiped a telephone pole with her, Charlie's head hanging out. She was instantly decapitated. He stopped the car. <laughs> he didn't speak and in sh- like he sat there Tears started streaming down his face because he looked in the rearview mirror. What did he see? He did. He saw her body in the rear, in the back seat with no head in the rearview mirror. He slowly, like, just no talking, just <sighs> tears, 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 tears. It was so awful. He with her headless body in the back seat. He didn't say. Uh, Being very weird, right? I know, now. I know, because it's scaring me. He stopped the car. He didn't speak. And in shock, he drove home with his sister's <gasps> headless body in the back seat. Stop. Where was her head? On the side of the road. Please tell me they went back and got it. On the it. side of the road. He see it like this? Mm-hmm. With, yep. He didn't say shit to his parents when he went in the house. No. And he laid down in his bedroom. I don't even think he slept a wink. His eyes were just wide open. The next morning, Annie went to hop <gasps> in the car for errands and found her daughter's Stop. headless body in the back seat. Oh, my. <clears throat> this is like... You made it like PG to like whatever double R. <laughs> is that even like I don't remember rated X? X is it X or M or rated M, M for mature? Yeah. I don't know. Is it what were we gonna say? MF? I don't know. <laughs> rated motherfucker. <laughs> now about Charlie. Charlie was fucking weird. Like always had a, a deadpan expression the whole time. No smiling, no crying. And at one point, she steals scissors from her teacher to cut the head off of a bird. I thought you said she scissors. <laughs> she steals. She doesn't scissor her teacher. She steals scissors from her teacher and cuts the head off a bird and then hides that bird's head in her hoodie. So you know what they call that? What? Foreshadowing. Or oh. karma. Either one. Oh, because then her head was cut yeah. off. Yeah. Well, but... Wait. How long There's was... a lot of headless action in this movie. How long was what? Yeah, How there is. How long was Charlie alive in the movie? Oh, less than half the movie. Okay. Like a quarter. Like when did she die? Like a quarter of the movie. Okay. There's a thought that since the grandma was involved in Charlie's life since she was a baby, grandma's influence, which I'm going to get to, made her that way. Made Charlie the way she is. Now let's talk more about Ellen, grandma. You know my grandmother's name was Ellen. Who married her twin brother? Wait, no, yeah. that's wrong. No, no. Yeah. No, wait, wait, not her twin brother. 
yes. whose husband passed yeah. away and she married his, his twin, twin brother. I told somebody at work that, and they're like, That's no wild. way! I That's said, yes, wild. there was always there was a picture of two men, and I never understood. Well, she married each of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think she compared? No. Oh. Well, like, I wish she was alive so we can have her on the podcast. Not, she was, it was funny, because, like, my relationship with her was great, but my rela- but her relationship with my sister was not great. She was not like my sister. Really? Yeah. And she was, your parents are older, mm-hmm. so your grandparents were much older. Yeah. So she, she was at that age where she could say whatever she wanted. She was in her 90s. She went through the rece- recession. No, oh, what's, yeah. what's the, like, were they lost all, like, the stock market tanked, and they, like, literally saved everything. Oh, the Great Depression? Great Depression. Wow. World War Two. Do you, was she like that, like, saved everything, mm-hmm. like, her whole life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so let's go back to El- okay. this Ellen. Aw. This Ellen may not have actually had dementia or DID, but she sure as fuck was in a satanic cult. (laughs) And they believed many things I'm going to explain. Things that fucked with Annie and her entire family. Are you writing these cuss words in here? Sometimes. Let's get back to (laughs) Steve catching on fire. Yes. See, Annie had a journal I mentioned with drawings in it of her son with his eyes scratched out. She believed if they burn that journal because she said that Charlie drew the yeah. journal, it would kill the evil spirit she brought in the house with her seance. Okay. Because, uh, spoiler alert, it's all true. It all happened. She was really communicating with the spirit, and the things Joan taught her were real. Steve wouldn't play into her demands because he thought she was just sick like her mom. Yeah. So when she threw the journal in the fireplace herself, Steve, on the other side of the room, caught fire and burnt to a crisp immediately dying. What? And he died. Why did he catch on fire? Because the journal, he touched the journal. So he died. What the movie's mean? fucking crazy. What do you mean he touched it? Yeah, he was holding the journal. She's like, please, burn this, burn this. We got to kill the spirit. So it's connected. So he threw it in there? He wouldn't do it because she's like, he's like, oh. you're sick. So she's like, I'll do it. So she grabs the journal from her husband, throws it in the fireplace, and he catches on fire and dies. And this is where the movie goes sideways real fast. But th- I still can't understand why he caught on fire. Because he's the last one that touched it. And then she touched it. And then I, I don't understand either. Let me tell you. Let me reread what I just but said. But she threw it in there, she was the last one that touched it. There's a it. part in the movie where she throws the journal in and her arm catches on fire. She takes it out. She takes the journal out, right? Why does Steve catch on fire? I don't know. It's all her. Her mother was in a satanic cult. And it's all coming to fruition. Uh, okay. Let me re-say what I just said. Please. This is where the movie goes sideways real fast like the last half hour you're like i'm sorry excuse me ma'am sir they gave the writers gave zero fucks at this point and just went like ham with this shit (laughs) earlier that day annie had gone through her mother's things and found all kinds of books with highlighted sections about king pyman who's that and how he must possess the most vulnerable host and his and this host must be male she found photos of (laughs) listen this is weird she found photos of her mom, Ellen, and her cult friends, one being Joan, mm. who, by the way, is played by Aunt Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so I hated her the whole time. Stop. How, oh, eight, nine, two, oh, 2018, she was doing both? 18, yeah. So she finds a photo where it's a picture of her mom and a group of people worshiping and praying to a photo on the wall. They're- this isn't a fo- photo of Jesus Christ. No. It's oh. not the Last Supper. And it's not even Satan. It's a family photo of Annie, Steve, Peter, and Charlie. What? What? Yes. I. Annie realizes that her mother and her cult have been after 
her family. Oh. And the, who are they after the most? Her son, Peter, because they need a male to host King Pyman, one of the, uh, you know, evil devils of hell. I have no words. They want Peter to be inhabited. So by the time she confronts Steve with all this information, tries to tell him all about it, he doesn't believe her and he ends up dead. And Annie gets completely possessed in this moment. Like, head back, eyes roll, possessed. And the real Annie is gone after her husband gets burnt to a crisp. So wait, where's Peter? Peter? Peter, I'm going to tell you where Peter is in a second. This whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Those of you who have seen this movie or would like to see it, I have skipped over quite a few things that add to how crazy it is. Sorry, Joanna. Joanna's like, tell me everything. I mean, this will go on for two hours. Well, that night, Peter, who had just been picked up from school early because, well, there is a spirit starting to affect him. And during school, Peter slammed his own head into his desk and broke his own nose. So Peter was brought home early from school and has been sleeping during, you know, the past five hours, you know, because he has bandage on his nose and painkillers. Well, Peter wakes up from his pain meds and the house is completely dark and silent. Oh, that's so creepy. Okay. He sits up in his bed and calls. Oh, God, I'm scared. (laughs) I know it's coming. He calls for his mom. Calls out, Mom? Dad? Dad's dead. He's ashes. He doesn't. Right, right. And he doesn't see that behind him in his dark room, his mom is like a bat in the corner of the damn ceiling, <laughs> hiding like, like, like a the Grinch. It's just like, like yes, like the Grinch, but fucking scary. If you don't have good lighting on your television, you'll miss it. Oh, really? It. I didn't see it at first, and I got so scared that I wouldn't let Brett leave me alone in the living room when I was watching this movie. I was like, oh, my God. I'm sorry. It was barely visible and so creepy. Then, silently, without Peter knowing, in the background, she crawls like a spider (gasps) on the wall out of the room. (laughs) I can't. I'm so scared. If you were that scared, then there's no way I'm watching No, please don't watch it. You'll be so scared. Okay. Peter, we're at the end, so I'm going to just like... All this happens in the last half hour. I told you, it gets unhinged. Peter walks around the house trying to see what's up. Flies buzzing everywhere, calling for his parents. Last he knew, he knocked himself out at school, breaking yeah. his fucking nose. He finds a burned up dad. Jeez. And again, behind him, completely silent, is mom on the ceiling watching. How is she being that quiet on the wall? The quiet. Then he turns and Peter sees a naked old man smiling from at him from the other room. I'm like... Is that a fucking naked man? I'm like, Brett, Brett, is that a naked old man? And Brett's like, yeah. I'm like, why? And he's like, I don't know. <sighs> so Peter runs screaming to the Ooh. attic. He still has not In seen the his attic? mom. Yeah, he goes upstairs, right? Right, right. Every move, everyone who's watched Scream is front like. Door. Yeah. Mom now chases him. And he realizes, holy shit, mom's possessed. He gets up to the attic, pulls up the ladder. It's one of those like attics that like have the ladder thing that you pull down. Pulls it up. Sees which shit everywhere out of nowhere his mom is now floating in the air right next to him and starts sawing off her head with a garage like cheese yes but like bigger and deadly saws off her own head where'd she get the tool from i don't know then peter turns and sees three naked elderly folks standing there in the attic smiling and excited (laughs) fucking old people this is the worst (laughs) Like, who wrote this? He turns to run and smashes through the glass, literally jumps out of the attic window. I would, too, at that point. I'm like, what is happening? Lands in the grass two floors down. 
on his broken nose that he just broke. Of course. Is this nighttime? Yeah. He lifts his head to see that his mother's headless body is floating up to the treehouse I mentioned. (laughs) This is made up. I'm so glad that you you made it sound like, first of all, I kind of, okay. I have no words. I don't, I can't even formulate a sentence right now. Now in a complete trance or in shock, I honestly don't know. Peter walks, like, climbs up to the treehouse where he finds naked elderly people standing on their property off to the side watching him and smiling. Calming music starts playing in the background as he climbs the treehouse ladder. A group of naked elderlies are blowing, or I'm sorry, blowing, bowing as he emerges into the treehouse. He, and how big is a fucking treehouse? Like uh, the size six of a, by seven max? The size of a king size bed. Yeah, seriously. He if turns that. to see a makeshift statue built with a human decaying head on top. Oh. And two headless bodies laying in a praying position around it. And Aunt Lydia, because that's what I'm going to call her, <laughs> is leading the pack. And she's the only one with clothes on. <laughs> Probably because she's the most famous actress. So the, she has in her yeah. contract, like, I'm not getting naked for you assholes. His grandma's photos on, a photo is on the wall of the treehouse, and it says Queen Lee inscribed. She was a queen in this cult. Mm. Aunt Lydia goes to the statue, takes the crown off of the statue of the decaying head. Who's, mind you. Is it the I don't know Charlie? who the face is. I don't know. It's not Charlie. I think it was the mother's decaying face. Places the crown on Peter's head. And tells Peter, it's all all right. But she calls Peter Charlie. What? Mm-hmm. Then calls him Paimon, oh. one of the eight kings of hell. Says they've corrected his first female body and now have given him his male host. They ask for knowledge of all the secret things and for honor and wealth. Peter looks stunned and then they all yell, hail Paimon. And the movie's over. That's stupid. Okay, what happened was, I looked it up. I had to look it up. What happened was, Grandma was involved with Charlie when she was a baby and had inhabited King Paimon. What was it? One of the eight devils? What did I say? One of the eight kings of hell. Paimon was was living in Charlie's body. That's why she was so weird. So what, But he didn't like Charlie's body because it was female. He needed a male host. So... Gosh, I just you know what's gonna happen next. And then like, you know, very like chill music plays, and that's it. It's stupid. It is so stupid. I was gonna give it a five out of five until the last thirty minutes. It got so weird. So I give it a two out of five. Ooh. Yeah, two. Uh, IMDb mm-hmm. seven point three out of ten. Say four out of ten. No, seven point three. They gave it a high rating. I this movie was so good and like a mix of interesting and scary until the last 30 minutes it got so stupid so i want to end with a quote i read on collider.com about this movie because i always look up shit about movies when i watch weird shit here we go this is the the quote the cult wins and peter gets to spend the rest of his days as a host for a demon that murdered his family it's the feel-good movie of the year no no, it's family friendly (laughs) of course the real story of hereditary is about the scars of family we can't escape whether that be mental illness or massive tragedy. Period. Period. End. Period. End. 29 cusses. Damn. And I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if, I'm, I'm sure nobody else is keeping track. It's just me because I'm an idiot. Yeah. But it's Same. like, I mean, edit out some of the cussing. So people are like, oh, you really only did it 10 times. What is Joanna talking about? <laughs> I don't, okay, Grinch. <laughs> that was the Grinch. I don't really edit out the cussing though do i, I have know. you done it have you like counted uh-uh. when you listen back i should you should 
Now I'm gonna. Now it's in my head, so I'm gonna do it. Well, I hope Joanna, you enjoyed your first you pick episode. That was good. I mean, it was a stupid movie. <laughs> it was so the stupid. The ending, I hate when, like, it was such a good, stupid. and then towards the end, like you said, it was just stupid. I was fully hooked until fucking mom oh, was 30. 30. Until, I'm trying to get to 40. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're 40. Until the mom was hanging out in the corner in the background, I was so scared. I gotta tell what Brett. was she wearing? Brett! What was she wearing? What was she, like, regular clothes. He's probably got his headphones Oh, he on. does. Sit down. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't back up. You have to be by the microphone. Well, I need more room than you. Do you remember when I watched that movie with the with the headless people? Yes. Tell Joanna how scared I was, please. Did <laughs> <laughs> she do? She did. She did. She writhed around on the couch. I didn't writhe. Okay, I writhed. <laughs> she was scared. Was it scary? Yes, it was scary for scared? her, and she had to to get up and move and pause it a couple times. Yeah, she and it was yeah, there was a lot of that, a lot of covering the eyes, uh-huh. and uh, a lot of screaming. And said, "Why is she still up there? <laughs> Why is she? Oh my God, she just ran away!" It was so scary. I like and every it. time he would turn around and look, she like a little slither off. Ew. Yeah, and then she cut her own head off. Well, so was she alive when she did that? No, she was floating. You watched that part. At the end? Yeah, when she cut her head off. I didn't see the cutting the head off. I did see the the ending. The little With all the naked people? The, yeah. <laughs> what, the what, completely did, unattractive naked people. The old stop? naked people. Old. Stop? No, you saw penises. Oh, gross. And boobs. Ew. Oh, yeah. Full frontal. <laughs> full frontal. This was rated M for ding a ling a ling All right. All thanks. That. Thanks, thanks. Brett. Uh-huh. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> All the danglers. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, review here at the end. Hereditary 2018, even though the ending wasn't for me. The rest of the movie was great. Last 30 minutes, fucking crazy. Uh, 33. Written and directed by Ari Aster. Check it out. I said Ari Aster. 35. (laughs) If you watch it, let us know what you thought. Thank you for stopping in to our show, Live, Laugh, Murder. Number 29, Joanna. Wait, is it 28? We're almost at 30. We have five more. Let's get them out right now. All right. So when you hear this episode, we will be fucking drinking in a fucking pool with fucking drinks. I'm trying to get to 40 cusses. I have two two left. Two more. (laughs) Drinking a shit ton of margaritas and, uh, you know, getting hung over as fuck I don't know okay. there you go yay right, love you bye thank you for all the birthday wishes yes and thank you for listening you can find us on Instagram at live laugh murder podcast or gmail us live laugh murder pod at gmail.com but until then remember to live laugh but never murder and but don't cut do uh-huh. just blame it on you being 40 <laughs> and don't cut your own head off with like a wire while you're floating with your son watching <laughs> let's not do that All right. Bye, guys. Love you. Is it Joan or Joanne? Fucking shit. If it's J-O-N. A-N, it's Joan. All right, let's go with Joan.
Joan. <laughs> so she makes oh, a friend terrible. named Joan. Could you imagine like the baby's born? You know what? Name it Joan. Joan or like Ruth. But you know that. But they say you're naming when you're naming your baby. You're not naming a kid. You're naming an adult. Yeah. Like this, there was a joke that they're gonna be like a bunch of like Braxleys and Braxtons and Haley's and Maverick. Bartleys, I don't know. Well, Bailey. by then everyone Bailey. they'll all be adults, yeah. so it won't be any. It won't, won't be, be weird, weird to them. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're all beautiful yes. names. You know, we don't say we haven't said our kids' names, but trust me, they're no better. <laughs> it's Oakley. Just kidding. Take that uh, out. No, there probably there could be an Oakley out there. There probably is an Oakley CEO out there. Oh, Oakley. It's Bentley. <laughs> Bentley and Brax. Those are my kids. Just kidding. All wait, right. Wait, pause real quick. <clears throat> cilantro. <laughs> I wanted you to name your daughter Cilantro, but spelled S-I-L-A-N-T-R-E-U-X. Never would have happened. Cilantro. Cilantro.